using the cycle of the year in almost like recognizing that we're mammals and moving with the cycle of the year in that way, which is a similar thing to, I think, you know, the idea of moving through um, the cycle following the moon. Um, mm. And that just means, you know, allowing for kind of quiet times and rest times. Hi, I'm Gemma Petherbridge, and this is the Higher Self School podcast. Each month we explore topics that are perfect for the spiritually inclined and curious. So, if you're part of the awakened generation, this podcast is perfect for you. Hi everybody and welcome back. I hope you're really enjoying this month's theme, the seasons. Now this week I am joined by Leah Lendez who is the author of The Almanac and I was so excited to be interviewing Leah because I love her book. I've um, purchased it every year for the last few years so when I reached out to her and she said yes to the interview I was very excited. Now, all of those of you who love the seasons, this is an interview that I'm sure you'll find very special. And potentially, you may be purchasing one of her gorgeous almanacs very soon. But until then, enjoy the episode. Here we go. Leah, lovely to have you with us today. Welcome. How are you? Very well. Thank you, Gemma. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. And congratulations on the launch of the Almanac for 2024. You must be very excited. How have sales been? Yes, yes, great. Lovely. It's always really exciting when when they come out. So yeah, delighted yeah. to have it out in the world after all the work that's gone into it. How many months does it take? Well, it's a kind of a funny process. Different bits of it happen at different times of the year. And it probably all together is a year round thing, though it gets very okay. intensive. So from about now, actually, from about September, even though I've just launched uh, mm. 2024, I have to really sort of start thinking about 2025. It's crazy. Um, but I tend to do in the run up to Christmas, the kind of the boring kind of backroom stuff, all the kind of data gathering. And I have to apply for various licenses and things like this and just make sure that everybody who I get the information from is happy for me to carry on using it. So blah, 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 all of that. And then I will also have kind of set the theme by this point. You know, I kind of know what I'm doing. And generally I'll have a couple of my contributors in place by this point too, or certainly know what I want them to do. And then after Christmas, I go into a very intensive three-month kind of writing where all of that stuff gets turned into um, the actual almanac and it all, you know, gets down on paper and um, I have to stop sort of faffing around and sort of dreaming and turn it into something real, which is always, the, I think, the big challenge with book writing, as you probably know, the idea of what it might be and then the reality of like, we've got to get, you know, words on paper and uh paper to print so that's kind of roughly very roughly uh how it goes but yes I think I'm sort of dreaming about it all year round really there's always are. funnily enough the themes that we have each year have always kind of occurred to me 
very much by the time it comes to even starting to think about writing, I kind of know what it's going to be. And I think that just sort of goes on subconsciously all through the whole through whole year, because little things will suggest themselves and there'll be, I don't know, things out there to kind of um, bit of it's almost like zeitgeisty or energies you would say you know like like what is it that's um that's the thing that's it's going to be this year so um and it must be that in itself must be a process just watching the seasons and checking in that is this potential theme for the book this the next one is it seasonal can I create a season out of that particular yes exactly exactly um so you know some of them are very obviously and in fact 2024 is is all about the garden so you almost can't get more seasonal than that it's very much um you know if you're a gardener you're in tune with the seasons you can't help but be um, so that's actually a very easy one, but you're absolutely right. Some of the ones I've done in the past, I did one that was about travel and migrations and, and that was sort of like, you know, and pilgrimage and, and things like that. Like how seasonal is that? And, um, you know, various other things I've had to yeah work a little bit harder. And the one I'm currently thinking of for 2025 is, yeah, is it going to work? I'm not quite, you know, Ooh, not quite sure how to do it yet. Exactly. So, um, I've, yeah. I've just had an image of the numbers of people I know who are going to have a smile on their face if they haven't already got your new almanac that you've just said gardening (laughs) (laughs) it's been there most years hasn't it but this time there's a difference there's always gardening in it Mm. because like I said you know I think possibly the most seasonally in tune people or among the most seasonally in tune people are gardeners gardeners and dog walkers I say now now that I've got two dogs and I oh I'm the same (laughs) I have learned so much taking the dog out every day yeah it's amazing and it really when I first got the dogs I will come back to what you were asking but when I first got the dogs I was so amazed by how like autumn I was like I used to think I experienced autumn and now I experience autumn like leaf by leaf dropping almost you're out in the same often the same place twice a day you're really watching the change as it's happening and it's so you know very special yeah minute by minute almost um but yes gardening you know it has always been in um the almanac and I just um I'm a garden writer. That's how I started. I used to be work as a gardener and what um, started off working in garden magazines. And so it's a little bit kind of going back to my roots a bit and realizing that it might be quite nice to have an excuse to put a lot more gardening content in um, and also to explore that in a kind of a playful way. You know, so I've done lots of um looking at um kind of garden lore and like um saints days and things like that and how you know through the centuries these um markers have been used to say you know this is when you sow your onions on saint gregory the great's day and you um you know on this day if there's a storm then it means that there's going to be a terrible summer or a wonderful summer or you know all of these patterns and actually what's also been lovely about that is looking at where those are just law but also where there's little bits of scientific truth behind them and actually you know if there's a stormy may i am plucking things out of Mm. of thin air here but um it suggests because you don't get storms unless you have a certain amount of heat in in the ground it does suggest a warmer summer to come and, and all of these sorts of things was really really interesting and then i've also 
um, included, well, Gardening by the Moon, I always do, because people really love to know those you know, traditional dates for planting by the moon. Um, and we've also um, done the um, garden wildlife, um, and also um, like forest school craft, forest crafts. So you know, little things that you can do each month to kind of bring the garden in. Um, things like you know how to preserve your autumn leaves um, so that they will last, and um, uh, making snow uh, lanterns, and so little things like that. Um, just you know, try and find different ways, and because because I always use. Um, have folk songs so we've done garden-based folk songs and um uh so it was really nice really lovely mm. to um kind of come back to my to my roots for a year and and go big on the garden time. and i hope that people who don't have gardens will also get a lot out of it because you know it's it's just about you know what's going on outside your door really and the plants that are going on so I think so. I think nature in general, it really, that's how we see the seasons, isn't it? We all anchor that in to understanding what's going on. So even if it's their local park, they'll still understand what you're saying. And a lot of these garden crafts are very much, you know, you can, you can pick up the bits and bobs you need from, from anywhere around parks and things like that. So I'm hoping that um, everyone can get something out of it. Love it, love it. Okay, you've alluded to it a little bit, but let's step back. And would you mind sharing a little bit about your background? Obviously, you've just you've just suggested some of that. And also for those who haven't heard of what an almanac is before, could we just make sure that they understand? And I know they're going to fall in love with the concept. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so yes, I do. I have been a, a garden writer for a long time, wrote about gardens and about cookery. Um, so those things have, have fed into, um, the almanac a lot. Um, but yes, what is an almanac? It is a a really old form of publishing, possibly one of the oldest forms of publishing because they would have been produced really as a kind of help, um, sheet for, or booklet or whatever for, um, for, for farmers, so for, you know, it was an agricultural thing. So it would have included things like tide times and moon phases for planting by the moon, and you know, all, uh, weather predictions and and all of these sorts of things. And actually, um, it, saying it's a really old form of publishing, there are now published. Um, a couple of almanacs that are really, really old. They've been around for hundreds of years. So Old Moore's Almanac, which is the uh, British version, and the Old Farmer's Almanac, uh, which is the sorry, uh, the Old Farmer's Almanac, which is the American version, um, have both been around for a, a few hundred years. So and they're still um, publishing and still going. That's yeah, and I sort of started getting interested in the idea of an almanac and so tracked those down and and looked at them and though they're lovely and they're packed full of information I felt that they had suffered slightly almost from um, some of the hangovers from being so old had kind of translated to the modern day in slightly strange ways so for instance I think when they were produced as pamphlets they would have had quite a lot of adverts in they still have quite a lot of adverts in so they're produced on very cheap paper and they're kind of a little throwaway item and I just sort of felt that and also a lot of 
emphasis on predictions for the year ahead. Um, and that had turned into where it would have once been agricultural predictions. It had turned into like predictions for you know, the one I, that sticks in my head is you know, what, what's Michael McIntyre's love life going to be like in the year ahead? And things like this. Really, really random predictions. Random. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, how is Jeremy Corbyn's political? This was yeah. shows that it was a few years ago. Um, going to future going to turn out in the year ahead and all of that. And I felt like there is a different way to go with this information, obviously. Yeah. And that there's this such beautiful information. All of these, I love tide tables and uh, sunrise tables and things like that. I find it quite poetic to even just look at the tables and see how the year changed. And I just felt like there was an opportunity being missed to turn this information into something really beautiful and really covetable and something that you would want to have by your bedside and turn to and, you know, would not be being bombarded by pages of adverts for stair lifts and things like that while you did so, you know. So that was really kind of me recognising that there there was a little bit of a gap in the market there and um, deciding to try and make my own and yes, feed in essentially what I, what I'm interested about the year ahead. So putting, if I'm taking those things out, what am I putting in, you know, what I'm putting in um, folklore and um, sunrise and sunset times and uh, the moon phases. Okay, those those are in the other ones, um, but also uh, folk songs and um, there's a little bit of kind of I think fairly sort of poetic description of the month Gorgeous and you know little kind yeah. of summings <laughs> up and and all that sort of thing kind of instead. Um, so I was able and. Uh, recipes so seasonal recipes for every month and for celebrations and um and gardening so it's all kind of provided a place where I could um put all of that stuff that that I was interested in as well um and year after year so I can keep on doing it which is really lovely how many years have you been doing it now it's this is the seventh I believe seventh I thought it was yeah. and each year what I love about the books so I've got literally two with me right now is that when they are displayed they show the faces of the moon don't they which is just stunning yeah yes I know do you pick is do you use the same illustrator inside? I know there's a different illustrator on the front every year. Inside, is it the same person? No, no. It was something that uh, myself and the designer, uh, Matt Cox is the designer of the Almanacs, and we decided very early on um that the first year we had an incredible um illustrator and I sort of said oh let's use her again next year and actually it was him who said well you know yeah she's amazing but if we're trying to make this thing that is covetable and collectible and you know and it has you know 50 yeah. of the information will look relatively similar though of course it changes every year but you know because you've got the same tide tables one way that we can make it feel more collectible is we have a different illustrator every year and it's been a real joy one of the real joys about making it actually is seeking out the yeah. illustrator every year because he's basically getting to commission an artist to make these beautiful works of art for you every year and um obviously they do the cover but we always have 
a big whole page illustration at the beginning of every month where my main um, brief for them is I want to feel the atmosphere of this month. I want to feel what September feels like, you know, give me the um, rose hips and um, partridges and you know whatever it is you know I want to sort of feel like you know when I turn the page like oh yeah September or May or January or or whatever Um, and so it kind of gives a it's like giving an artist an almanac in a way and saying you know what would you do with this how would your ideal almanac look so you know make it look so and and it's really really lovely seeing what they come up with um each year the different ones but yes we have to seek out a new one every year which is um does not make it the easiest not the easiest way of doing it but um it, it is also really lovely and it's a part of the challenge and I think what makes it really nice but this it must be lovely I saw you recently a few months ago you you launched the front cover as a thing on social media and that must be a an extra day of a real real pride and like it the book really is it really is and I have to say the cover for this year is just oh yeah, so beautiful. this year next year you know 2024 is so beautiful I mean every year I think oh is this my favorite you know and it's I I can't say that because they're all my babies, but um, it's, uh, I do really love this one. It's very rich. And um, H, who is the illustrator, is Romanian. So it's got a little bit of that kind of Romanian folk art kind mm. of look to it. And I just like Beautiful colours. Stunning yeah, colors. Yes, kind of, yes, reds yeah. and oranges. And we've got our little foxes on the cover and um, the moon, of course, and all that. So it's real. It's a beauty. I like it a lot. Yeah. So can we speak about when you're writing the book? Do you have aspects? I'm presuming gardening is a big aspect that for you is a real joy, writing those areas. But are there bits, what bits do you struggle with or maybe are a little bit harder or you're at the point now where you just enjoy everything? Or is there bits that you almost savour because you know that bits mm. can be really special? Yeah, well, it's funny, actually, because I've realised that the process needs to be that I write um, all of the kind of the more poetic bits, the bits that need bit of well a lot of thought and need to be a bit different and all that Mm. I have to start with those I've realized because um those bits just can't be rushed and um there is always a danger if you you know and I think when I first started out I wanted to leave those bits to the end because they felt like we're kind of summing up and I wanted to see how everything looked together but now that I know how it all fits together and, and I've just realized that I need to just really take my time. So quite often I will get quite a long way through the writing or the writing time that I have for myself. And I'll have written very little of the actual almanac because I, I'm taking a lot of time over, particularly like the introductory pages for each month. They um they take a long time to kind of get right. And and I was this year actually for 2024, I've I think gone more as gradually sort of lent more into the sort of poetic descriptions than I have before I think that's something that I've been developing as the years have gone on and I've really tried to do that a lot for um 2024 
And, um, you know, that takes some doing so that it doesn't kind of come out quite embarrassing or cliched and all of that stuff. So um, though I love it, it's a funny kind of bit because I'm feeling the time pressure as I'm doing those bits because I'm like, okay, these days are really ticking by and I'm still on January's, you know, or February's introduction. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think it just has to be done that way. So I love doing those bits, but yes, there's always this kind of like ticking clock thing while I'm doing it because I take so long over it. Um, I always do, when I first started, I thought that I would write a whole month and then move on and write the next month. And it hasn't worked out like that at all. I find it much, much easier to get into the kind of brain space of the page that is repeated each month and I will do that and I will do it all the way through so generally it will be the introduction is first and I will do that all the way through the year and then I will go back to January and I will look you know what's the next tricky thing to write maybe it's um if I'm writing a a little thing about the stars or or whatever then it takes quite a lot of research then I'll do that bit all the way through um blah 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 and kind of going down in easiness really so that by the end I am able to get you know really any time pressure you're okay (laughs) yes I've got this looming terrifying deadline and I'm writing you know writing crazily um and actually you know I know now how to put the data together so all of those pages very quick I can possibly even by the end do 12 months in a day of some of the the data stuff or over a couple of days anyway uh but yeah so it starts off this big lumbering slow kind of thing and then speeds up towards the end into a frenzy that is a lovely share for people who really aspire to write (laughs) naturally and I'd be one of them put professional authors and writers like yourself onto a pedestal but you're saying the same is that you still have those moments of I want this to be good and therefore yeah those fears come up I think that's sort of what I would say to people in that position is you kind of know when you're at a bit that needs time and space Mm -hmm. and actually I know that you know people writing a lot of people will set themselves uh word deadlines for the day and I think there's such a good value in that but also there's a real value in recognizing like actually I'm at a bit now where I can really reach something special if I just stop and really slow down and kind of let this uh emerge a bit more slowly and go back over it and all of that stuff yeah. so yeah in that creative flow yeah, yeah yeah I think so yeah now um I'll be interested to hear if you like speaking to people who've read, read your book it how they use the book I mean you said very logical ways and reasons that people would work with the almanac myself personally it's obviously it's coming out in September because it's the perfect gifting book for for Christmas but also it's a lovely unpressured read because you get to that month and you read that month so it sort of guides you through the year like a friend in a way is that how other people speak about it or they had their own it is and to be honest it kind of took me by surprise I think it's what I hoped people would do but you know what people do with your what you hope people will do with your book and what they actually end up doing with your book is often um uh not the same thing and I was really delighted that people do they keep it near to them I think is what I would say all year 
and an awful lot of people have made it into a part of their ritual, part of their, um, you know, a part of their life, part of their tradition is that on the first of the month. And it's almost like that thing of an excuse to take a moment and take a breath. And so people will send me lots of pictures on social media of themselves with a cup of coffee and the almanac on the first of the month. And they will read it through or they'll at least read a few pages um, and kind of like settle into that month. You know, I think one of the reasons that I made it, or one of the drivers behind making it is that um, I feel know that people and I include myself in this that we can just rush through the year mm. and if, and the way our lives are you know if we're indoors we're um if we're in an office particularly you're kind of air conditioned through the summer and then heated through the winter and you rush to your car and you rush back and um you can kind of miss uh the specialness of the moment that we're in and that it is unique and it is particular and um so I think that those little moments are really about giving people a little key to stop and take a breath and take a moment for themselves, but also just look up and look around and notice that we are in this moment. It's not going to last forever. Um, you know, I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. Um, so, yeah, that's been one of the really lovely things, actually. Really is the way that people. Yeah, and the way it's been sort of taken into people's lives in that way. It's really, really special as an author because, you know, I've written a lot of books before that I think have just ended up on um, people's shelves and not referred to that often. So it's a real, real honour actually to to be kind of referred to through the year. That is lovely. And of course, you have a podcast as well, don't you, that really complements... Mm. Yes, yes. Um, the podcast is gorgeous to make. Make it with Fern, who are um, uh, natural uh, fragrance makers. They make perfume, and they um, approached me to uh, to make this uh, podcast um, every month. So um, it's bits of me reading and talking about the month ahead, um, and then we have other people come in and do like sound recordings and. Um, a folk song for every month. Um, it's edited so well, isn't it? It's beautifully, the extra additions they add in is just yeah, stunning. Yeah, Very yeah, good. it's gorgeous, and that's been really lovely, actually. And I think you're right. People's now, you know, we'll, we'll sit down and, and read the almanac, and then also, you know, we'll go and listen to the to the podcast on a walk or something like that. Um, lovely, that so. dog walk again. Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Okay, so it'd also be interesting to know how over the years, like living life by the seasons has worked for you. Has it changed your life in any way? Or sort of, again, if you're very into gardening, I'm sure there's a clear <laughs> flow going on there with the gardening. Um, but how that particular lifestyle choice has complemented you or supported you? Mm. I would say that I think when I started it in particular that I wasn't necessarily doing so so even though it's a it's a call to live by the seasons it was a kind of call to myself as much as to anyone else I'm not you know I live in a city I work behind a desk at a computer I'm at my desk most of the day you know I'm not mm. um, tripping around the fields and um, doing actually a huge amount of 
seasonal stuff because you know like anyone else I've got to earn a living and um well, that is- in itself is a beautiful message isn't yeah. it Even as the author you know like there is but I think I did the same thing I presume that you're in a cottage <laughs> surrounded by beautiful <laughs> like fields a, a terraced house in Bristol okay. um and so it was kind of as much as for anyone else it was for myself to say mm. stop and look and and yeah recognize that you know even though you're in a city that all of this is happening around you anyway um and so I sort of started off from that point and it was almost like you know telling myself that you know I want to do that I want to notice more and I it really has over the years I've really because I've learned you know I've kind of come along with it I didn't know all this stuff when I started in fact I almost set that as my kind of baseline of like if I if I know it already I don't want it to be in there because I feel like apart from the gardening the and, and, yeah which I do know quite a bit about all the other stuff I want to know the things that I don't know about the stars mm-hmm. and about the moon phases and all of that stuff um so uh yeah I've I've sort of learned and I've learned about traditions and the um, celebrations that mark different points in the year and um and to be honest I don't particularly actively mark them or celebrate them now but I'm very aware of them I spend a lot of time outside and yeah I think being a gardener you do just have to tune into the seasons otherwise it just doesn't work you know you simply can't plant your tomato plants now in September because they will not do anything and they will die of cold and that's just not yet so you have to in order to produce anything to produce the flowers all that you have to know what's what's what in terms of the seasons so um I was sort of had that in the back of my mind already and and have continued that but um but yeah it's been um a journey for me in making myself more in tune with the seasons actually something that I've done over the past year that has really helped is I started a new Substack, um which is called Leah's Living Almanac if anybody mm-hmm. wants to um, find it and what I do or I do various things on there but the one thing that I do is I do a weekly post which is three things I've noticed um that are particular to this week and that's been an amazing kind of exercise actually in um just making myself stop and look and really you know like I was saying about the dog walk and the the leaves changing one by one really kind of that sort of thing when you've got to find three things and you know over the spring and the summer it was I was my cup overfloweth but you know January and February it was like this is hard (laughs) but still actually we managed and I say we because it's got quite a community behind it now and um, so people then respond with their own and we build up this kind of picture of the week Um, it's really really lovely and it's really made me kind of be very aware on a kind of moment by moment basis whereas perhaps before you know I was thinking more about the whole month and how that changed now I'm able to sort of try and lovely that we've now done it for a year so I can track back over the last year you know what was happening this week last year uh, what was that could you say a sub deck um sub stack I've not heard of that before um yeah it's a blogging platform basically right it's kind of like a newsletter so um yeah it gets sent out once a week but there's also a website that people can um can visit if they want to do it that way so basically yes you get a (laughs) a newsletter every week of me saying 
I've noticed this week the apples and I am subscribing to that guys the (laughs) link for that will definitely be in the show notes for this episode (laughs) okay so I I was saying to you before we press go on the record that I know a lot of people who have your almanac love your almanac and therefore when I knew I was going to be interviewing you I did an Instagram guys what questions should I ask me what would you like to know and we've got three really lovely questions if that's okay just to finish with um, the first one classic question I bet you get asked this all the time what is your favorite season and why well I always feel like I should say no favorite season I um I love the moment I'm in because that's kind of what I was the official answer yeah (laughs) with the almanac is to say you know let's not all live for summer and long for the warm easy months let's you know experience the moment that we're in and you know see what's beautiful and magical and though I stand by that (laughs) and I do and I love autumn and this coming autumn time is is gorgeous um I am and I really do love uh may and and spring late spring particularly and it's partly because my birthday's in may so I kind of associate it with a sort of celebration time but also that kind of when you've been through the long, hard winter, I don't want to dwell on that too much at this moment in the year, but you know, it, it does drag on. And particularly this last year, actually, it really did it hang did, on and yeah. hang on the yeah. long cold. And then we got to May and had this sort of fabulous burst of growth and flowers and warmth. And it's just, you know, it's just such a glorious month. So I'm afraid to say I do have a favourite and I'm afraid to say fair enough I think we all do like our birthday months the you most, don't we, don't we? there's something thing. about I'm a November baby ah. and I think there is reasons other people would be like nah not yeah, like yeah, November, yeah. but I love it yes well yeah. that's the you would associate all that fireworky bonfire stuff mm. with your own celebration Build of you up. and all that definitely yeah. definitely Gorgeous. Okay, so you're probably more focused on 2024 than the rest of us are yet, although it's it's coming quite fast. In all your research and everything you've been doing, are you starting to get an idea of the energies of next year and in whatever that would mean for yourself? Mm, okay. Um, I um yes, I struggle slightly on on questions like this, but because it's this is a side of things that I don't know so much about. Mm. I kind of tend to look more at the sort of the the practical the practicalities of games through the month but as I've kind of gone on with the almanac over the years I, I started off determined to be very very scientific about everything and you know very and, and not put anything that might be termed at all woo in and then that's it slowly kind of snuck in you did star signs you started to let it in yeah 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 and then so and for this for 2024 what we've done is um I have there I go once a month to a um women's circle in Bath run by this wonderful woman called Louise Press and um, I would go every month to her yurt and her beautiful land. And um, she's very much living that life that yeah. we all, you know, imagine. And um, and she talks about the seasons and she also talked about the energies of the month in terms of the moon phases and things like that. And I just thought this is just so beautiful. And um, though I don't ever quite know what to make of all that stuff and I don't necessarily live my life by it what I love about it is 
almost that it kind of gives you something to concentrate on. Like, so if she's saying, I'm plucking out of the air now, so I will get this wrong, but you know, she's saying, I think um, at the beginning of January, she says something about a Leo full moon, I think as, you know, stride boldly into 2024. And, you know, if there's, it's kind of almost like, you know, there are so many things we could be doing. I could be, concentrating on my friends or you know looking after the kids or um making my ne- making my house feel more nest like and all of this is quite nice just having somebody say this is the month to make mm. your home beautiful or something like that, you know so I quite like it just for that so every month in 2024 she will tell us what to do basically that's what I all I want and be told what to do <laughs> and, uh, so we do have that so although I don't really know so much about that kind of thing I have got in an expert who does so she will be guiding you through 2024 and the moon phases that's beautiful and it's quite comical because the next question is that question who knew whoever um posted up this question that they are psychic they knew that it was coming <laughs> um and that is just a wrap it be I get this a lot because I talk about moon phases and people are like okay I'm super busy I can't do everything all the time I can't do a morning routine every day so I think a lot of people like the moons because they're like, okay, I understand the new moon is manifesting, the full moon is healing. If I'm going to do it once a month, that's when I should do it to make the most of those energies. And then from that, like you were saying, what months are good for particular things? Could you share? I know you're saying this is your colleague's information. Maybe they're also the gardening information on top. Like, what is a few good months for different things the classics I don't know finding love being with your community manifesting in the summer sun I guess all of that kind of yeah well I suppose sort of from kind of my own things that I've written about and also from from Louise's I think she would kind of chime with this um one thing that I've got really interested in is kind of the idea of using the cycle of the year in almost like recognizing that we're mammals and moving with the cycle of the year in that way which is a similar thing to I think you know the idea of moving through um the cycle following the moon um Mm -hmm. and that just means you know allowing for kind of quiet times and rest times so actually you know in September um, with the equinox we're going into the dark half of the year and our tendency I think as busy human beings is to kind of just ignore that a bit and just kind of keep on and keep on and um, you know be going out as much and, and all of that and actually our bodies start to tell us not to do that and as it gets, you know, darker and darker towards the solstice, towards the winter solstice, um, I mean, it's hard because we have Christmas and we have all this hard. stuff kind yeah. of going on. But I think, you know, keeping in your head that this is a time that my body wants to rest and allowing yourself to do that. And I think actually that spell post-Christmas is a really good time to mm. say to yourself, like, come January. I have a friend actually who did this and she just said, I'm just, I'm not taking January off. Like obviously she still had to work and all that, but I'm doing nothing extra. I'm coming home. I'm getting into my pajamas 
and I'm getting into bed and I'm reading or whatever and I do that for the whole of January and I was like wow that's we need to rebrand January don't we really really like it's mammal time you know it's hibernation and um so I think you know that's something that I really am believing in more and more that Mm -hmm. need to give yourself that kind of as much deep rest through winter as you can in order to then emerge in the spring and in the summer and do all the social stuff and you then come out into um into the light you know having some reserves about you I think we are traveling through the year with very few reserves a lot of the time because we make ourselves keep going keep going keep going but actually there's something really lovely about just saying no you know I'm just Mm. gonna and I to be honest I kind of yearn for I love like I say I love the spring and the summer and all of that but I'm definitely um somebody who really likes to close the door and you know get under the duvet and sit down with a book and I'm quite looking forward to those times you know and a you know a Netflix book set or whatever you know whatever it takes to just switch off and stop and relax and recharge and then yeah next you know summer solstice we'll all be out dancing and um doing all the busy great celebratory times with each other um because we'll have that energy to do so because we haven't tried to just plow on through so I think that's what I would say that would be my like my personal experience of the seasons is learning to embrace the winter as quite an exciting really? time yeah as much as the summer not see it as a restriction and taking away of all the fun yeah. but just a like okay I aspire to read more books I aspire to do more self-care than I Gorgeous. think I've got time to and and being like well then there are times of the year that are literally asking us to do that so yeah yeah beautiful yeah that's yeah. exactly it that's lovely that's a lovely thought actually yes to look forward to winter not dread it and it seems like in January where we it's the is it blue Monday everybody after so yeah. much partying and fun people really feel the downers yeah and of course there's a lot of things behind that isn't there of like not wanting to be on your own because it can bring mm. things up but like I said rebrand it yeah embrace it there <laughs> is light the candles and yeah yeah do all of that yeah. stuff put the fire on and enjoy yeah, yeah. oh you're making me really really long for winter now there we go January <laughs> next year will be completely different <laughs> it's been lovely speaking to you thank you and it's an honor because yeah you. I've read your book for years now and when oh, I realized I was gonna get to interview you so little mini party for me on that particular day <laughs> So those who would like to purchase an almanac and definitely stay in contact with you, could you let them know how they could do that? Yes, um, almanacs are hopefully in lots and lots of bookshops, but you can do me a huge favour if you go to your local bookshop and there isn't one, you can ask for it and then they'll get it in and then that really helps. Um, But you can, of course, buy them online as well, um, I'd say. And um, to keep in contact with me, probably the Substack is the best way. so that is uh, well I'll give you the link but um, if you go on to substack.com and you put in my name which is a little bit tricky to spell but it's Leah's Living Almanac is the name of the um, substack and we I do try to keep up this kind of little kind of beat of 
weekly um, noticings all through the year and um, and it's become this lovely community as well which is which is really nice so sounds really nice I will make sure that's in the bio for people for sure with your Instagram as well and all of the links to the book but yeah guys independent bookshops if you can always go there first for sure okay so sending everyone love I will see you again next week but until then Leah thank you lovely to meet you maybe invite you back again in the future that would be wonderful and good luck with your book may it be another bestseller (laughs) I hope so (laughs) bye-bye bye for now guys